All right, guys, so welcome to our week four recap of the triple option. Mac is back today. He's really excited to talk about the Steelers. Uh, almost as excited as I am to talk about the Giants and Dom to talk about the Cardinals. So we got a lot of happy thoughts going on around today. But um, let's dive into these games, and we will start it off. Do you want to go from Thursday night first? Let's go with me. All right, so we had Detroit and the Packers. Kind of a tough showing from Green Bay, definitely in the first half, and much more so. Um, I mean, much less so in the second half, but, I mean, overall, kind of just to play from behind the whole game. Aaron Jones on a snap count. You know, you guys got any quick thoughts on that one? Uh, I just love the way Dan Campbell operates his running back committee. I just, It's just like a... Work of art, man. I just love it. Because, like, Jameer Gibbs, eight carries, first-round pick grade. Love that. Um, I mean, it's only week four, but uh, the line seems good. I still think that they are the best team in the NFC North. And I don't think the Vikings or the, obviously, the Chicago Bears. And I don't really think the Packers so far have shown me any otherwise why I would regret that pick at all. So it's proven my my prediction that uh, that the Lions are going to win the NFC North this year. Yeah, this, this game was never close. Like, I don't care that the score, the Packers came back a little bit at the end. This was just a complete domination from the Lions from the start of the game. Um, 27-3 at halftime. Basically, once it got to there, they were just trying to kill the clock the entire second half. And you mentioned Gibbs getting only eight carries. Montgomery, who I've never seen a head coach take a running back off an injury and then just give him over 30 carries. Like, that just I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why they would do that on a short week. I know he didn't play the prior week, but he's still injured, and they're just giving him 30 carries. It made no sense to me, but I guess it's working out for them so far. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of the opposite of what happened to Aaron Jones, considering he missed two full weeks uh, and some of week one, and he thought he'd be back to full strength, but turns out he, I think he had like six touches and played like, and then it came out later, he was on a snap count, so um, thank you for not caring about fantasy uh, managers for the uh, floor here. Also, I want to say like, I, I don't know why, but like it seems like this happens every year with a specific defensive back in the draft. And I feel like it was two years ago with Kyle Hamilton. Like he was supposed to be a top 10 pick and then he fell to Baltimore. I feel like the same thing happened with Brian Branch. Like this guy should have won in the first round and he was just all over the place. And I think he's like up there for defensive rookie of the year so far, or at least in that conversation with some of the other corners um, and Will Anderson as well. But yeah, I just want to like shout out the Lions for drafting Brian Branch because he's so good and he can be that nickel corner as well for them at times and just line up in the dime packages. And I don't know how he felt at the second round because he was so talented at Alabama. Yeah, and yeah, Sam, sure. Sam Laporta def- too. Right? Yeah. And to think that they had Gibbs, who they don't use, they drafted him at 12. Um, and then Campbell was the pick at 17, 18. Um, he was the guy... Uh, these two guys I think would be the difference makers kind of up front, but then they get these two second round picks who are playing like perhaps like up there for offensive, offensive rookie of the year and up there for defensive rookie of the year. And one of them is a rookie tight end, which is even crazier with a lot of weapons on offense. So um, I guess great middle round drafting by the uh, lines there. Yeah. Yeah, their second round was better than their first round. I, I'll well, say that for sure. with confidence. Maybe if the game gives the ball, it'd be pretty good, but. And I'm pretty sure, I think Laporte is leading the league uh, for tight end receiving yards so far this year, which is kind of crazy for a rookie tight end, which they never do much. Yeah, he's the number one receiving tight end this season at 240 yards. 29th in the NFL. Job well done. <laughs> so next up, we have our London game for the Jaguars' second home. They beat the Falcons. Um, great showing from Kyle Pitts, as we all expected. So uh, I guess we'll break down this one really quick. Bijan had another crazy one-handed catch and a juke that made... A lot of people 
kind of maybe second guess that the Falcons made a really bad pick at number eight, but for me, still a little high for running back, but he fits their scheme so well, and they clearly can't pass the ball very well, so they're staying competitive in most games with Bijan. So um, what do you guys got to say about the uh, Jaguars' performance, though? Dom, did you wake up at uh, 8 in the morning to watch the Toy Story cast at 9 in the morning? Yeah, I watched for like a little bit. It wasn't really working right away, so I kind of just gave up on it. Um, like it just wasn't syncing up, so like everything was messed up. So after about five minutes, I gave up, switched to the regular broadcast. Um, for the game itself, like the Jaguars really were in control the entire time. Basically, again, never, never really close. We said it last week that if Desmond Ritter gets behind, he is not really capable of coming back excluding the Packers game when they came back to win but the past two weeks now they've fallen behind early and he has just not really played well whatsoever um and I don't know if you guys looked at the box score the leading receiver for the Falcons this week by over 60 yards was Jonu Smith who had six catches for 95 yards which let me just take a quick peek at this uh, okay, Kyle Pitts is one twenty one on the year, so I thought I thought maybe Johnny Smith passed him. After More than one Kyle game. Pitts on the year, that would have been nuts. But yeah, and going into the game, Matt Collins was the leading receiver, had zero catches, made the all cardio team this week, obviously for that performance. But did you see? The, I just don't. I was gonna say, I don't understand this team. Did you see where like Ritter tried to like dapping him up, and then he like yeah, got in his face? Yeah, then he freaked out, and the camera immediately cut away. Yeah, that was so <laughs> funny. I think like this Falcons team would be I think like yeah like they'd be arguably the best team in the A- or excuse me in the NFC South if they just had better quarterback play I'm kind of out on Desmond Ritter I just like don't think he's the guy long term and yeah let, let's stop maybe calling Kyle Pitts like a tight end at this point he's just like a uh, like a decoy wide receiver for them at this point and it, it sucks because he was like uh, freakishly talented coming out of Florida and we thought he was going to be this hybrid tight end receiver and he just never worked out so I think I'm off the Kyle Pitts wave as well maybe it's just not going to work out and Atlanta needs like a change of scenery down the line yeah I probably agree there um but let's jump to Bill's Dolphins here less uh a worse game than I would have um, hope for that me and Don were talking about on um, Friday, I believe, when this video, when our preview came out, kind of a blowout and really big blowout in that uh, in that sense. But at what cost for the Bills losing Trey Trey White for the rest of the season? But they kind of shut down the Dolphins receivers, which uh, is probably the biggest W that a team could really accomplish as like a unit <laughs> in one week. Yeah, Dom, how's uh, how your Dolphins looking? That's not that's not well, what you want to see. <clears throat> well, first of all, I predicted the Bills to win this game last week, so that's a win for me. Tom <laughs> had the Dolphins, so I got the win head-to-head over him here. Um, I mean, there was just no way that the, the Dolphins scores 70 points and then followed up with a good performance going to Buffalo. Uh, I did not expect them to give up 48 points, though. I will say that. I thought the game was going to be a little bit closer because this game... I mean, even even excluding the box score, just watching the game, Tua did not have time to throw. He was getting sacked a lot on third and fourth down sometimes, too. They had some um, turnovers on downs. Just wasn't a great game from the Dolphins. A prime letdown spot. I'm sure they'll bounce back. I'm not too concerned long-term, but like Tyree Kill and Waddle just couldn't get going. A lot did not go right for the Dolphins. And the Bills, I mean, we kind of wrote the Bills off after week one a little bit, and they've just gone on to win three straight games all by at least 28 points i'm pretty sure i think the prior two were also so they're just they're rolling. fully rolling right now yeah yeah but i mean we will see they play miami i think it's like late late this season it's right? the last it's the last game i believe that, all right well hopefully that's for uh for some big seating but 
Broncos Bears. Um, low key, one of the best games of the whole week, which we thought it may just be like a, a 12 9 uh, defense fest or lack of offense fest. Gotta feel bad for Justin Fields at this point. He kind of played one of the best games of his career, and Sean Payton cut his sleeves off with a scissor and turned into um, Bill Belichick in the 2016 Super Bowl. Yeah, is this Broncos defense like just completely cooked? I thought like they were still gonna yes. like help this team out this year more than the <laughs> offense would, and I don't know. Justin Fields does not look good this whole season, and then he comes, yeah, like you said, the best game arguably of his career, three thirty, um, three hundred thirty-five yards and four touchdowns, and like Khalil Herbert ran all over them. DJ Moore had a great game. Cole Komet had two touchdowns when he's really done nothing the whole season. So yeah, this Broncos team, does this even make you feel worse about them that they were down what? Uh, 21 to 7 to the Chicago Bears even though they won it's just like I have no hope now for Denver just at all sadly uh I kind of see your point because if like if there's one team that if like you fell behind 21 to 7 if you fall behind two scores on most teams aren't going to let you come back but the one team would be the Bears so like I feel like it doesn't really speak too much volume for like them being like a real like being able to play from behind team, especially when they're not that good. So mm-hmm. I think it's very concerning, and they probably are in... I think Sean Payton's probably close to hitting the panic button. Yeah. I was going to say, Dom mentioned before this podcast, he had a great betting weekend. Well, I had like four different bets with Javante Williams over rushing yards, and he had two carries for zero yards. So that's why I hated this game so much. You got hurt though. Yeah, you, so it's not, it's not like he really just flopped. Like you got you, you got you got bailed out by that. I, you have some I gotta predict injuries, man. That's what makes you a good better. Never never root for injuries either. Um, no, of course not. And uh, of course no. Like the Bears were cruising in this game, and I didn't bet it, but I wish I, I said it in the moment when it was twenty eight seven. I said somehow the Broncos are gonna win this game. Like there's no chance the Bears are gonna close this out. And just watching it live, it just fell apart completely for the Bears. Like this. This is the nail in the coffin for the Bears. Already 0-3, falling to 0-4 after blowing a 21-point lead with uh, 17 minutes to go, basically, and they just couldn't finish it. I think, like, you could be a little optimistic when you're 0-3, but when you're 0-4 after this game, I think all optimism is gone for the Bears. Although, fields look good, but you still lost, so what difference does it make? Yeah, I mean, this is perfect for them because, like, fields plays well, you tank, you're still going to land Caleb Williams, and hey, you might be able to get a first-round pick in return for Justin no one's, Fields now. No one's yeah, trading probably, for probably Justin Fields. Dude, no if he keeps playing like this, he would go for a first. People are desperate well, at this he, point. If he plays like this, eventually you'd have to win. assume they win a few games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, maybe they get the number one pick via Carolina then, so. Very, very possible. <laughs> we'll get to them later. Um, but the Ravens blow out the Browns in like really, really, really dominant fashion. Mark Andrews back. Um, he had a touchdown his first game back from the uh, quad injury that kept him out week one, and he had 80 yards, two touchdowns, caught all of his targets, um, looking like Lamar's top red zone threat that he was from 2021. And uh, Lamar also ran a I think he did run one or two in. He ran I know two. He, ran, he ran two in, so those are the four touchdowns from Andrews and Lamar. Um, the connection seems to be back, and the Ravens still being down, what, like seven starters? Um, they blow out a division opponent, and they go to three and one and hold sole uh, first place of the NFC North, the AFC North now, which is kind of huge for them. Mm-hmm. Every uh, AFC North team lost this weekend, but them. So they played really well, and obviously no Deshaun Watson and no Nick Chubb, so that helped out them a lot. But the Browns defense is still really good; it's one of the best in the league. And yeah, they scored twenty eight points on the road. But gotta give the Ravens props with all their injuries they have as well. 
for sure. And they yeah. were helped out by a little bit of uh, turnovers, too. I saw they had an interception. They ran back the five-yard line. Um, I was trying to keep watching every single game that uh, had, like, three TVs going. So red zone on one, the game's on the other, and then another game on a third. So I caught most of the uh, most of this game. Yeah, I think I think the main takeaway from this game, like, the Browns not having Watson, I'm fine throwing away their offensive game for this week just because it was short notice. Can't really expect them to do too much. But it is the Browns' defense finally getting exposed a little bit. We said going into the week, they only allowed 21 total first downs through their first three games. And the Ravens really did not have a problem moving the ball whatsoever. Um, Lamar passed it very efficiently. The team ran it very well. And again, without Watson, I don't think the Browns really had a chance whatsoever uh, to move it. So this Ravens team being 3-1, and one, having all the tiebreakers in the division already, like they are in a prime position to potentially run away with this division. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Um, next up, Titans-Bengals. The Titans, who cannot play from behind, got out early against the Bengals and didn't look back. Uh, are we concerned about Joe Burrow? He looks like he cannot move in the pocket. The calf seems to really be hurting his mobility, and he's kind of looking like a quarterback who is unable to avoid any pressure in the pocket. He, you, like last year, if you blitzed Joe Burrow, it was kind of like, okay, good luck because that means T. Higgins or Jamar Chase are going to wind up beating you. Um, but now it seems like he can't move when you when you send when you send a rush at him, and he just wasn't able to get anything going. Like, do we think this is kind of like if Burrow this calf injury kind of lingers, especially if he re-injured it? Like, are we just kind of writing off the Bengals now for the foreseeable future? Like, they're one in three, I and they're two games back of their division leader who they've already lost to. I don't I don't really see them pulling out 10 wins here. Uh, dude, I don't think they have a shot. Like, yeah, no. like you said, bro, it doesn't look good. I mean, they have an easier game against Arizona next week, but then they got like Seattle, San Fran, Buffalo. Houston looks solid. They got to play Baltimore again. They got to play Pittsburgh twice. Uh, Indianapolis, Minnesota. Like, it's not the easiest schedule the rest of the way. Don't smirk, Thomas. The Steelers are still a tough team to play. Sometimes in division games, not not when you're going to NRG Stadium. But, yeah, I think the Bengals might be cooked. And they honestly, I would shut down Burrow for a few weeks. Maybe try to get a good draft pick. Draft Fashanu out of Penn State or Joel Alt out of Notre Dame and help him out because that O-line is atrocious. Yeah, I mean, it, it's – and also, T. Higgins, I think, is out for multiple weeks now with the rib fracture. So, their passing game is going to be even uh, more beat up. It's 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 mm-hmm. going to be, like, a lot of sloppy games for the Bengals. I, th- I think they – like you said, they probably Dude, should kind of shut Burrow down. What are, you, 100%. what are you talking about? They had this Princeton receiver that Dom is talking about. Get ready for him. Get ready for him. <laughs> All right. Well, I may, may, maybe we clip this in four weeks. But um, <laughs> when, when he goes for four for forty-eight, Dom's gonna run around uh, telling us yeah. he told us so. He goes. He goes. Hey, that's pretty good for a six-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I mean, listen. He he. Very. This this is the this is the type of situation. Just look at the Rams where. Uh, their star receiver goes down and one just steps in and immediately just makes a huge difference like Puka Nakua. So, um, could happen. But yeah, I'm not fully ready to write off the Bengals either just because like they always start slow, except like last year they started the season 0-2. This year, they definitely look a lot worse than they did last year. But you have to assume that as the season goes on, Burrow should get healthier as it goes on. And you just have to hope that this defense honestly i think the defense because you can't give up 27 points to the titans the titans literally like are one of the worst offenses so to do that wasn't great um 
And I'm also not just saying this because I have money on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl and Burrow and Chase in fantasy. That's all irrelevant to this conversation. But I think it's too early to give up on them. But it's not looking great if we're being realistic. Fair enough. They did go up against playoff passing phenom Derrick Henry. Um, exactly. <laughs> but I guess, well, I just mentioned Puka Nakua will jump to the Rams-Colts games. Not to victory lap. AR-15 looks... Lost. Lost. Lost? He lost the game. Oh, all right. Well, it, that, I'm I'm still gonna gonna take a take a small. Bit. I'll take a victory half lap here. Then um, he's making throws and he's breaking tackles. He's evading pressure in the pocket. He looks every bit as the athlete he should have been. And there's some throws where he's fitting in in tight windows where a lot of vets aren't making these kind of throws. So hmm. um, he, I think Stroud still looks probably a little better. But they put up a good fight against the Rams who uh, Puka had his first touchdown, took it to overtime. They came back from 23 nothing, right? Yeah, that the Rams defense choked. You're, you're just going to play the... Uh, well, play the, uh, I, I wasn't the going to. Time. I wasn't going to, but now that you look at the box score, Anthony Richardson was 11 for 25. Doesn't matter, he made throws. He did have that well, one sick right. throw he, he with did make Eric 11, Donald yeah. like, going right at him, and then he like jumped through it and he got jumped, clocked. He jumped through it, yeah, that which was is pretty sick. Um... I mean, that's what we thought he was going to be. He was going to make mistakes like, as a rookie. People said he would take like two years. Like he would need two years behind a, a, a proven starter or a veteran. And he's looked really good throughout his first four games. So I think I'd be more than happy if I was a Colts fan. Yeah, I mean, all, all I'm all I'm seeing is Anthony Richardson was responsible for all three touchdowns and had the two-point conversion to tie the game where he, well, he didn't have it, but he broke the tackle and then flipped it out to maybe Mo Cox. I don't remember who it was. He also doesn't have a good receiving core either. Like, maybe we don't know how good Josh Allen's is going to be, but, like, Michael Pittman was, like, he's good. I wouldn't say he's elite, but, like, top three targets basically were Drew uh, Ogletree, Alec Pierce, and Mo Cox. I mean, like, it's not like he's got, like, elite targets out there. No. And JT, he's Kyle Granson? on ESPN, but I don't, think, I don't think he's coming back this week. Isaiah McKenzie? Uh, Come on. <laughs> well, he had, I mean, Michael Pittman, he had five targets, only one catch. Catch him on the all card. What's what's worse, Stroud's O line or AR fifteen? Stroud's O line. Uh, Stroud's O line. They have five bad. backups, right? Yeah, it was so bad. I think officially now because I think um someone got Kenyon hurt. Green is uh, I think out for a while. Yeah, Green. Yeah, so they're just all dead. <laughs> so not the worst in the league though somehow. Um, but next up, Buck Saints. Um, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore did not fight this game, so that was a letdown. But the Bucks continue to look good. They moved to. Th- Three and one now. They beat they beat the division rival who was favored to win division on the road. Uh, is it time to start buying? On I mean, Godwin had a fantastic game. I'm looking eight for one fourteen. Rashad White, typical Rashad White numbers. Fifteen carries, less than four yards a clip. Um, <laughs> but Bucks look pretty good, and Derek Carr was hurt, so I'll give him that. But uh, what do you guys? What do you guys got to say? I mean, is, are we? Dom, I'll let you go first. Give, give the give the Baker love. Yeah, so no, I'm I'm gonna start with the love for you, Tom. This was your upset last week. You said we had maybe made one upset pick each, and you said the Stop, Bucks over I'm the watching. Saints. So, <laughs> so I'll start with that. I mean, you nailed this game. Um, why did Derek Carr play this game? I have no idea. Like, I guess because it's big, he maybe big clearly game, was not healthy. Um, to, like, this is a very important game for the like overall schedule to try and get a, pick up a game back on these Bucks, but I don't know. But. Like, Derek Carr finished the game with 23 completions for 127 yards. He averaged three... <laughs> well, yeah, Alvin Kamara had 13 catches for 33 Disgusting. yards. I heard, PPR I heard, um, I heard on um, part of my take, the previous record low for yards when someone had 13 catches, I believe was like 65. 
and Alvin Kamara had 33. Disgusting. So this is like this is probably one of those records that will never be broken because how do you have 13 catches for only 33 yards? <laughs> Nuts. 70,000 Saints like, fans to watch this atrocious game. <laughs> I, I I don't really I just don't know why they had Derek Carr play if like Jameis is your like backup like he's just as good as Carr is if not better like just let Jameis just let Jameis rock. But, and shout out to Winston because he did go zero for one with one pick so he was trying. Dude, <laughs> he, he'd be on pace for like sixty interceptions right now if he does that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure one of those graphics are floating around somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I'm like I said it last week, Dom. I I, I felt like they should have just gave Carr a rest. But yeah, and um, yeah, no, and I just wanted to say like the Baker Mayfield hype. He's here. He's now. Like this Bucks team, I'm st- I'm still going with my Falcons, but this Bucks team looks a lot better, even better than I was expecting, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Next up, Eagles Commanders. Um. Commanders put a very good fight. Uh. But at the end of the day, the Eagles wound up just uh be a little too much for them to handle in overtime. It's a classic case of. The Eagles only need nine yards for a first down and 99 yards for a touchdown. It's absurd. I think three other teams tried the uh, the the push play on fourth and one this week, and all three of them failed. Eagles continue to do it very well, and um, I think wound up being like we said it in the preview, Dom, that uh, this could be one of the the top games of the weekend. I think it may have been the top game of the week. High scoring, exciting. Um, huge fan of uh, how the game ended, um, but the. Jalen Hurts seems to be a little, little getting back into the rhythm of things. AJ Brown certainly getting back into the rhythm of things. So, uh, what do you guys got to say about uh, oh, Matt? I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first because you're a big Commanders guy. I actually, um, so we do like Wizard skins too, and I, I honestly haven't been tracking it too much. Where you just like you're not doing that good. No, Am whoa, I doing well? I'm, whoa, I whoa, whoa, either, whoa, whoa, okay. Well, actually, I'm not doing that bad. So basically, what it is is we all draft teams in a snake order, and once you draft a team's like wins, you can't draft their losses again. So obviously, the first couple teams that were selected were like Cardinals, L's, Texans, L's, which Tom, don't you have? And Aren't they two? And two? I take everything. I take everything back. I said you two are doing good. Yeah, I have com- well, I have Commanders L's, and I know they're two and two. I'm like the Seahawks and the Steelers win, Seahawks wins, and Raiders L's, which is solid at one and three. But besides the point, I'm okay with Commanders losing, but Sam Howell balling out. I'm I love Sam Howell. He's looked fantastic so far, and I'm glad that the Commanders gave him a shot to really potentially be their franchise quarterback or at least their quarterback long term because they've had such a revolving door at the QB position and having a carousel there and it would just be nice to have some stability there for the next few seasons and shout out to Eric Bannemi who's just like maybe a god as an offensive coordinator and yeah I mean I, I'm not I'm happy he, he uh you know wanted to get away from Andy Reid to let everybody know I can I can call an offense too and he's certainly doing that right now so shout out to Eric Bannemi like you said he's having a uh, fantastic start to this year yeah, and I mean, if if the Commanders really wanted to win this game, they would have went for two. Like, I don't know. You score the touchdown with no time remaining, and then you kick the extra point to go to overtime. I don't know. You're on the road. Like, I think you just go for two there. You have all the momentum for the final minute. All you need to get is two yards. I think I think you got to go for it in that situation. And then if you don't get it, you don't get it. But that's probably your best chance of winning. Classic bad coach, Ron Romero. Um, but... Next up, Vikings get their first win against the Panthers. Um, Panthers are probably really kicking themselves because Bryce Young looks bad, um, real bad. He is having looking like having a lot of trouble reading anything past the two-yard screen, um, and Stroud is over here balling. So um, Vikings, I think nobody besides Jefferson had more than two catches. I think Addison had one target. Osborne had 
three or two targets, and Hawkinson had three targets. So it was Jefferson's show yet again. Um, but I guess Kirk Cousins earns another week to be a Viking because if they go zero and four, they may have pulled the trigger on a, on a trade. Yeah, I mean, like I don't think Frank Reich is doing too much to help Bryce Young so far this year. I actually think he's not looked like horrendous for what he's been given but yeah he's definitely looked probably the worst out of the three uh rookie quarterbacks that have been playing so far so um yeah i mean someone that i like bryce young and he's my qb1 like this hurts a little bit to see but i do think they're in a really bad position i saw that there's a report that they're trying to get in the trade market for a good receiver well you can't trade your first round pick this year because that's going to chicago so it would really sting a lot if they ended up as like the second worst team they could have added marvin harrison to bryce young but well we won't know that till april and uh yeah shout out to the vikings again their first one of the season definitely too good to have been 0 4 yeah but if i'm the vikings i'm not really celebrating this one too much just because like kirk cousins went 12 for 19 with 140 yards like he really didn't have that great of a game and the panthers aren't really that great of a team like uh, the, the vikings won this game on a scoop and score but like if you take that away it's a tie game basically yeah so they really did not play all that well which i, I guess makes sense considering they were 0 and 3 but i think this like it's a win a, a win is a win but the vikings should not really be satisfied with this win yeah no i i, I agree 100 um next up we have the chargers raiders um aiden o'connell keeps his team in it but i mean not really he think i think Kalimak had six sacks and i think o'connell got sacked i think 10 times uh you're probably not gonna win a game when that's the case but herbert had uh two rushing touchdowns wasn't too great through the air this game was kind of sloppy overall. Brandon Staley screaming at uh, Asante Samuel Jr. to go down when he's returning interception from the, his own goal line with two minutes left. Like, why would you not take those yards? Because if you have to punt, then you give them better field position going back. But that's why Brandon Staley is probably the worst coach in the NFL. Um, but Keenan Allen had a touchdown to go along with his day, and Josh Jacobs is back. So that's pretty cool. Um what do you guys got to say about uh, this not-so-cool game? Yeah, I think you have to start with the obvious. Like, is Justin Herbert going to be okay? Because his finger was, like, all taped up, and, um, like, they didn't really say anything after the fact, but he clearly was struggling to throw the ball. Yeah, I saw reports. Uh, they have their bye this week, which obviously is really good uh, for his health, but it's on his non-throwing hand, and, I, and he said it's a flesh wound. I don't know exactly the extent of that. It could have just be downplaying it but i think two weeks on a non-throwing hand injury he's probably gonna be fine yeah i wonder yeah i mean they need him back i I was just gonna say like i wonder if there's gonna be like if the raiders keep losing games would they look to move Devontae adams at all um i I know that he's got a pretty big cap hit but i mean he's 31 years old if you can get a good like amount of draft capital for him i would think about it because this team is not in my opinion, making the playoffs this season. And it could be a lost season, and I don't know how many games you're going to get out of them after this season. So I I just wonder if the Raiders would hit the panic button sooner than later, or even if they would move Josh Jacobs as well. I think McDaniels goes first. Um, He's really bad. and But, you know, Jimmy G is the ultimate game manager, so he's going to keep them in a lot of games. I think they probably end up with, like, maybe like six or seven wins, so they're not, like, completely out of it all year. But, and maybe seven in general, maybe like six. But I don't. I think I think uh, McDaniel's would probably, if they're gonna clean house, they probably would um, fire McDaniel's first right before they trade Devontae Adams. But I mean, we'll see. We've seen um, stranger things happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, and why why did they start Aiden O'Connell over Brian Hoyer? Like 
Brian Hoyer can at, we at least somewhat know what he is. Like he could keep them in the games, right? Like because I, like I don't know. I kind of want a good preseason, and I honestly think he didn't play that bad. Like in his first game, he had he an was eight a QBR. <laughs> yeah, but he very good. Sack like ten times. Dude, he he had a better game. He probably played better than like ten other quarterbacks this Sunday. He had an eight QBR. Dom, how much did you actually watch this game? I'm just wondering. The You're looking time. at his box there... score. You're literally looking at his eight QBR. Herbert had a 35 QBR. You're gonna say he was the worst quarterback this weekend? I just said Herbert struggled throwing the ball. <laughs> yeah, but like, all right, do you want to go through other teams' QBRs and say how bad they were? All right, pull one up. All right, well, let's all right. Let's go to let's, let's move on to the next game. Let's go to Steelers Texans. Let's look at the QBRs for Kenny Pickett. Like and Desmond Ritter had a 10 QBR. And he I was, said Desmond Ritter was bad. Yeah, but like, like I'm like, just saying, I'm saying Aiden O'Connell, I don't bad. think was that bad compared to like what he could have been thrown into. And I think I'd rather have played him more than Brian Hoyer, just like to see what he was. Like he played better than Matt Jones, in my opinion. And Matt Jones had a 15 QBR, so I think this helps my Aiden O'Connell like argument. Like you, you can't tell me Matt Jones was better this know. past Sunday, but he had the double QBR. I don't even know what the hell goes into QBR. It's a good way. Well, Mitch Trubisky was better of, than uh, Kenny Pickett, so there's that. He had what? Trubisky's QBR was higher than Kenny's Pickett, if that tells you anything. I mean, they both weren't good. <laughs> My point. Let's jump to the Steelers, I guess, then. Let's what point is that, up. though? <laughs> My point is, like, just because there can be multiple guys having bad QBRs, that means they're all bad. Like, just in a general aspect, he was bad. I don't know. I think for what he was given, I think he would have been better than Brian Hoyer, is all I'm saying. And I don't think he played that bad for what he was given. Like I don't think I mean he I don't dumped think it all. He, he dumped. I think if you put Jimmy 80, G out there, it would have been the same result too. He had eighty passing yards to Josh Jacobs, just dumping it off to him. Like if you take those away, he's not really throwing the ball downfield at all. I mean, I think he did better than Derek Carr this past weekend. Again, I said Derek Carr was hurt and shouldn't be playing. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, you know, Connell was not one of the worst quarterbacks. I think you can name five other quarterbacks that were worse than him this weekend. Uh, well, that's, that's, we, I, I definitely can tough. think of one. Um, CJ Stroud probably. He was ass. <laughs> yeah. CJ Stroud, uh, 16 for 30. On 16 completions, 306 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and Nico Collins, 7 for 168, two touchdowns. Crazy game for the Texans offense. Um, one of those games where they got out early, got out all, by a lot early. Steelers kind of did him a few favors by not moving the ball much. Um, Texans, I'm looking at the win probability chart. It was just a steady Texans from the middle of the second quarter. It was very, very, very in favor. Um... Steelers two hundred only two hundred twenty five total yards, half the first downs, and less possession. Texans offense was able to just kind of dominate them from the very start. So Najee had, was Steelers' leader receiver with thirty two receiving yards on one catch, uh, which is kind of unlike him considering <laughs> he usually moves the ball for a yard and a half every time he touches it these days. So Matt, I'll give you the floor. I don't even want to talk about this team. I don't even want to. I don't even want to utter Matt Canada's name, but I have to. He wants the same goddamn concepts. He has no creativity, and he really just sets up Kenny Pickett for disaster and just for failure. I mean, I don't think Kenny Pickett's good. I don't think he's shown that he's been good. I guess that whatever happened in the preseason was a fluke, and I don't think he's shown that he could be a franchise quarterback. But I don't think Matt Canada is doing him in any favor. And I think like and Tomlin's going to do the same old thing. And I saw a clip of like Terry Bradshaw. It was from 2016. How Tomlin's like a good cheerleader, but not a good head coach. 
And you know what? Tomlin has won zero playoff games since he's had that moment. So I don't even know. I'm losing kind of faith in Tomlin if he's just going to do the same old thing. And I get like you don't want to fire your offensive coordinator four games into the season because it's harder to replace an offensive coordinator than maybe anything else because then you got to learn a whole new system under a whole, a whole new offensive coordinator. And Tomlin's not an offensive-minded coach. So this seems kind of in limbo. They're probably still going to finish with seven, eight, nine wins and just not look impressive. And the defense is going to win them games. It's just like... This Texas team has so many injuries. They're going up against a rookie quarterback in which Tomlin dominates. And, like, the defense played okay. I mean, they weren't good, but, like, I don't think they lost them the game by any means, and they've had their injuries. I don't know. I'm sorry for rambling, but the Seahawks offense fucking no, no, sucks. No, 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 no. Get it off your chest. We need that. It's, it's um, brutal. It's brutal to watch. I have – I wanted to bring up one thing. Like, we mentioned earlier how injured the Texans' O-line is. Like, literally five backups are starting for them. How did this Steelers defense have zero sacks? Like, I know we can talk about how bad the offense was, but when you have – TJ Watt and Highsmith and everybody else on this defense, how do you not sack the guy who's been sacked the most in the entire NFL this year? Like, that doesn't... Stroud was just able to get the ball quickly because the Steelers' secondary is also not very good. I don't think Minka had a great game, but he can't do it all. Levi Wallace sucks. Gotta be one of the worst corners or hardest corners to watch in this game. Um, And Cam Sutton's balling out in Detroit, so it sucks to see that. And uh, Patrick Peterson has also not been good this year. And they get no... Uh, pressure from their linebackers or inside linebackers with uh Cole coming to Landon Roberts. It's just it's a t- like you can't rely your whole season on TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, but they try to do that. Yeah. But um from one blowout to another, we'll go to the uh Dallas New England game where Mac Jones got benched for Bailey Zappi, I think in the third quarter. Mac Jones looks real bad. I think Belichick I mean the Patriots they might end up with a top ten pick this year. I mean probably actually. Um do we think this is the end of Mac Jones? Yes. No. Give me both reasons. Dom, give me give me your reasoning first. Tom, what did I tell you on Friday's episode about this game? That New England was was it that New England was down some as many starters as they were. They're on their fifth cornerback. Close. I said if the Patriots lose this game and go to one and three, people are going to overreact like crazy because they're one and three. They lost to the okay. Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Cowboys. Barely I understand. I understand. Well, the Jets have a good defense, so I I understand. The Jets almost beat the Chiefs. We'll get to that. Um, I understand that Mac Jones looked bad this game, but Dallas's defense has been tearing teams apart this year, and I I don't think Bailey Zabby's not the answer. They did this last year, and they went right back to Mac Jones. So clearly, they've seen more than we have. I think that Mac Jones is still the quarterback. I think he'll get at least this full year to keep going, in my opinion. And I think that the Patriots will rebound once they play lesser competition and get back to around 500. Do you think he's the quarterback week one next year? I thought that was Tom's question. I, w- I said, I, I don't think so. I think they bring in either somebody else via the draft. Oh, uh, that, that It was like an open-ended question. So so you're saying, so Dom's saying he's, uh, he's coming back this year, obviously, and then Matt, you're saying that he'll be back this year, but not next year. Do you agree with that? Tom? I think I think he'll be on the team next year, but I don't think he's going to be the starter week one. I don't. I'm like, I don't think they're not going to improve this receiving core. I mean, like, he that's has not what Belichick does. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think they're going to be that bad where they will be able to get a game changer quarterback. I don't know. So I don't think I next think year right. there will be someone else over him because I'm looking at their schedule: Saints, Raiders. Obviously, Bills and Dolphins, um, but then Washington, the Colts, the Giants, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Broncos. It's not the Bills, easy. Which has, 
that could it's that's not a easy, lot of but it's not games. that hard they the could still squeak yeah. out six wins and end up with like the 10th or 11th pick and then they wind up just with a the third or fourth best quarterback off the board and that they might just not even like they just took the fourth quarterback off the board two years ago and he's already like proven to not be a game changer so or maybe Kirk Cousins is their quarterback next year I don't know maybe, maybe doing Kirk Cousins I mean Tages were, were decent when they had Cam Newton they made the playoffs together they had Cam Newton right um or maybe it's Jimmy G if the Patriots know? get if they get Kirk Cousins I guarantee you the Patriots will win at least 14 games I don't know how but Belichick is just gonna like make them insane <laughs> needs good receivers first but um, we will go on to Niners versus Cardinals. Um, I'll let Dom talk about his squad in a second. Before I say, Christian McCaffrey's on pace for the best fantasy running back season of all time through four weeks. Overreaction? I mean, uh, overreaction or justified? No, I think it's justified. I mean, he has... Uh, do you know the number he's at? I think he's at 120 PPR. Does that sound right? Yeah, he 50-bombed this week. Yeah, so if he's at 120 points through four games, he's on pace for over 480. Like, obviously, he's not going to get four touchdowns every game, but he's clearly the main focus of this offense. George Kittle and Debo combined for one total catch, and they still score 35 points. Yeah. Like, this Niners team is elite. Um, also, like, the Cardinals offense somehow scored two touchdowns on them. Michael Wilson, the rookie, had two touchdowns for Dobbs. Yeah. yeah, like he's doing he's doing pretty good so far. Um but Brock Purdy, I just realized went twenty for twenty one. Like we mentioned it last week. Brock Purdy's elite. He's a top twelve ten guy now, easy. Yeah. He's like whatever like people always say, like Jimmy G was perfect for Shanahan system because like he was the perfect game manager, blah blah blah. Purdy is Jimmy G like but ten times better. And they got and Jimmy G was getting paid twenty five million dollars a year, and Brock Purdy is making the least amount of money in the entire NFL. He was the last pick, um, so twenty twenty one two eighty three and a touchdown with multiple um, pretty deep passes to Brandon Ayuk. And when you don't need him to do anything, and you still and you still blow a team out, even if it's the Cardinals, I think that this, this these Forty Honors look better than last year's Forty Honors. I'll say. I'd agree. Yeah, same here. I. I think this 49ers, they have to be the Super Bowl favorites at this point. Yeah, I think because the Eagles look much more beatable at this point than they did last year, and the Liners look much better than they did at this point last year. So they're still the best two teams in the NFC, and I think for sure um, the Niners look better than the Eagles at the moment. Pains me to say it, but I, I, I think I would still take the Eagles over the Niners. Yeah, you think so? I mean, I'm, I'm taking San Francisco, I think, at this point, just because, like I said, the Eagles just don't look as dominant as the Niners have so far. The Niners played a close game against the Rams, but typical division rival week two, but they've pretty much blown everybody else out, so yeah. Well, and that game wasn't even close, because don't forget, McVay kicked a field goal with no time left to cover the spread to only lose by seven as it ended. Yeah, it was really a 10-point game. game. Yeah. December 3rd, <laughs> it'll be good to see them two play. Yeah. Um, Dom, any comments about your Cardinals? No, I mean, I didn't like... Again, I expect really nothing from this team until Kyler comes back, so... Like, their defense wasn't great. We know the defense isn't great, so that wasn't really too surprising. And I'm more surprised at the offense. Like, Josh Dobbs actually looked pretty decent. He was very bad week one because he was on the team for, like, 10 days. But these past three weeks, he's actually been pretty decent. And this is probably the first game I think the Cardinals would have lost even with Kyler. So I don't really, not really too concerned with it. Yeah, fair point. I mean, you went with no expectations, so... And you expect to lose San Francisco on the road by three scores. So, I mean, it's really not 
You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not surprised by it at this point. Yeah. Um, but Chiefs Jets way closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, I think we should get to the most important part of the game that Taylor Swift was sitting with Donna Kelsey, and that um, Travis may be distracted. No, I'm kidding. We're not doing that. Um, Zach Wilson played really well until the he last did. drive where he did he fumble that snap. Is that how the game ended? And the ref had the uh, the flag on the Jeffs the Jets uh, interception. People are saying it's rigged. Um, I saw the flag didn't come down until the ref made sure that the uh, Chiefs D back caught the ball. I I think he was just watching the play and then he'd like avert his attention away and then he saw that. All right, the plays developed. I'll throw the flag now. There you was guys think it was. I was gonna say there's definitely some questionable calls, like the holding at least one that was bad. Like where Patrick yeah, Mahomes the, it was, it was the thirty twenty two play. You see. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, Dom's um, just a Jets but, hater, so he's gonna say it wasn't right. No, 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 no. I'm not a Jet hater. I'm people on Twitter just love to react into one narrative, and that narrative was that the NFL rigs it for the Chiefs. If this was any team besides the Chiefs, and the ref threw the flag the same motion, the same way he did. No one's talking about it, in my opinion. It's just that people want to see the Chiefs lose because they are the juggernaut of the NFL the past few years. And first of all, the ref had his hand on the flag before the pick. He's already going to throw it. Like, I don't understand. People just get one, um, just think of like one thing and they just keep running with it. And for this week, it was that the NFL rigged it for the Chiefs to win. Yeah, I, I, I agree there because, like I said, I think the ref was like kind of just put his attention on the play. He saw the hold, put his attention on the play, and then threw it after he, like, because he was also the back judge, I believe. So he had to pick up any penalties that were going when that ball was in the air. So you want to just keep his eyes on the play. Um, I think it was a little bit of a soft holding call for the last drive, but, you know, there's been worse calls out there. I think the the missed holding when Jermaine Johnson was getting, like, grabbed for, like, eight seconds was worse. But Yeah, that was bad. I mean, we'll see uh, where the Jets go from here because Dak Wilson, when you think he can't get any worse, he actually comes out firing. So, I don't know. But Yeah, they uh, they go to Denver this week. And it's even though the Jets lost, I think both teams are in for a letdown. So, that's going to be a very interesting game. Yeah, that's, it could just be like a really, really, really boring game. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think we're done now, right? There was no Monday night game. No, uh, I don't think so. No, I'm I'm seeing one here. It says um it has to be a typo. It says Daniel Jones was sacked a le- 10 no, 11 times. Is is that accurate? Dude, I um, I'm so excited that we don't have to watch the Giants play in primetime ever again. Not for the rest of the season, right? Like why mean, would they put this team in primetime again? Next 2 weeks. They're playing Wait, they're, they're playing on Sunday night in 2 weeks. Primetime again? The they're against the Bills in Buffalo in oh, 2 weeks. Okay, so they've surely been good in primetime prior to this game this season if they're going to give them another one. Yeah, four games in six weeks. 40 to nothing. 30 to 12 and 24 to 3 in primetime. I would hate if I was a Giants fan. It's just everyone's clowning my team in this. Yeah, like everyone's sucks. clowning the Steelers after a 1 o'clock game in Houston that nobody cared about. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think that I think that makes it worse. The so, fact much that worse. It's, so much worse. So much worse. It happens on national because everybody's everyone's watching. watching it. Like, people are watching Red Zone. Some people don't have Red Zone. They're just watching the local games. Um, they might not. They might not see the whole, like, thing if the John they would just see the box score. Um but when you see it, when you see Daniel Jones throw that pick six on the goal line when they were right there, like they were down what, I think it was seventeen three, so they could have made it a one score game. Darren Waller was open in the back of the end zone. I'm gonna make this rant. I'm gonna try and keep it shorter than Matt's because I can go on forever. 
Um, there's about seven people on this team that deserve a spot next year. And I think three of them are probably rookies or young people who haven't even really earned it yet, but haven't proven they don't haven't earned it yet. Guys like Kayvon, he's coming around. He had a decent game yesterday. Almost had a pick six in that batted ball. Had a sack. Um, I think John Michael Schwentz, although he got hurt on the first play yesterday, I saw him get banged up. Um, I think he he was he was pretty decent the re- for um, the two games that he was well, besides the Dallas game uh, for the Cardinals in San Francisco, but. Other than that, I there's maybe like three defensive players. I think Deontay Banks has been really good, Bobby O, and Leonard Williams and Dex, and Andrew Thomas. That's it. Xavier Kenny, see you later. Um, Daniel Jones, I, I'm done talking about him. He's bailing from clean pockets. He's missing reads. Miscommunications left and right with Dable. They're going at it with each other. That's all I'm going to say on it. Figure it out, or I think one of them's going to be gone by by this point next year. I yeah, and I mean, I want you like look at the bright side. Like you're not, you don't have to worry about playing in MetLife. Like you guys have been so bad in prime time at home. Like next week, you're you get to take a nice trip down to Miami, Miami a yeah, nice trip to Buffalo. Great. Maybe they'll get on a like, boat. Those are and they'll take a picture on a boat. <laughs> What's I think I saw an update there. I want to say like eleven. No, and that's not true. It's that thirty-two boat. and sixty-nine. I got okay. I, I, I somebody I know tried clowning me with that today, so I had to hit. <laughs> What's had the to stat? Just, so somebody made a, a a fake stat. It was since the Giants' boat picture, they were eleven oh. and ninety-one, and I was like, all right, let's let's not get way ahead of ourselves. That's like a ten win percentage. That's crazy. They they're like thirty-two and sixty-nine. I counted up, which is still really bad. Dude, but, did the, did the playoff victory against the Vikings do more harm than good? Gave this team high expectations. I, th- I think it really just, it just raised expectations because they moved up two spots, and Deontay Banks has been really good, and John Michael Schmitz also I think is pretty good. So uh, and might have if they made were... Daniel Jones an extra ten, fifteen million Bad. a year. Oh, in that sense, um, yeah, that was really what I meant it by too. I wasn't. I was thinking of it in terms just of the team, but I yeah. think yeah, I mean for sure. But like most contracts, I think the um, contract it's. 80 mil guaranteed and it's 40 per average so the dead cap's like 20 mil after year two mm-hmm. um so it's he's they essentially paid him to be a bridge quarterback if they draft somebody and if he proves them wrong and he balls out then he gets paid at the end of his contract probably by like a top 15 guy which is like fine but i think they're gonna be he's gonna be gone after next year i think they're gonna draft somebody this year or next year um and that'll be it i think yeah. dable will get a dable and shane will actually have time to fill out their roster, all of Gettleman's guys, they're probably not going to sign any of them back. They already extended the guys they wanted to extend. So, we'll see. I think I'm expecting maybe five wins and a top seven pick. Jeez. Yeah. What else yeah. am I going to... I mean, Dolphins, Bills, <laughs> got to play Dallas again, got to play the Eagles twice. Like, that's that's six losses right there. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you guys want to do something... Uh, every, oh, you can go first on before, because this doesn't have anything... No, I was going to say... I was going to say one more thing before we moved on from the Giants and the Jets. Um, before the season, they, both teams announced they were moving the NFL logo from midfield and putting the team logos. Since that happened, they are 1-4 in MetLife. The Giants have gotten absolutely blown out two primetime games. Um, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. The NFL rigged the Chiefs against the Jets in MetLife. Like I think the NFL, they saw them take away the shield from the 50, and they said, and they all right, said, we're going right, to make sure... Yeah, I mean, they, they said we're coming suck, after you. But, I mean, you know what? <laughs> the evidence, the evidence would uh, would point towards that. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna go on the fact that the Giants are just bad. Um, so, but 
way to way to uh, add salt. So I'm gonna keep mouth. an eye out. Yeah, keep an eye out. All right, Matt, what was your uh, proposal? Uh, I was going to say, we could do as many teams as we want this week, but every week we have to eliminate a team from the playoffs going to the end of the year. And if we're wrong about Ooh. any of them, we lose. So, As a unit or one of them? Yeah, as a one. unit. As a unit. We'll all go. And like, so this week, since like it's later in the season, we could pick, what, we're through week four, we have to pick four teams that are definitely not making the playoffs, and then we have to eliminate a new team every week. Okay. Uh, can we pick the Cardinals and the Giants? No, I'm kidding. No, I feel um, like we'd have to say Bears... Panthers, Panthers. Car- they do the own four teams to yeah. get the nice cop okay. out. Cardinals, <laughs> Bears, Panthers, Cardinals, and well, Cardinals are one and three. No, yeah, but we. I feel like we got. I don't think they make the playoffs. They're not make. They're not making. The and then I would say yet. the last I team. I would say. I don't want to say that. Either the Giants, Raiders, Jets, or Broncos or Pats. I think the Broncos are probably the worst I, team of the four. I think I would choose Vegas over the Broncos. Um, I think. I mean, I would Dom just pick the Jets. Factor. Like Zach, Will- Zach Wilson's not leading that team to the playoffs. But uh, if we're between the Broncos and the Raiders, at the fourth. I'm more scared of the Broncos, I think, than the Raiders. The Raiders have so 62 probably, points scored this year. Yeah, like I just don't think. I don't think it's uh, the Raiders' year. I mean, they won Week One against the Broncos by one. Besides that, they have not really looked that well. I mean, they lost to the Steelers. How good could they be? Yeah. I'm not yeah, so I was just gonna say we'll pick a new team. <laughs> True. We'll pick a new team every week and we have the Raiders, Panthers, Bears, and uh and Raiders Raiders, Panthers, Bears, and Cardinals. Cardinals? Yeah. Yeah. Cardinals. Alright. So that's that's what we're wrong with. Um so next week, I guess it seems like the Giants, you said the Jets and the Broncos. I feel like Jets Broncos, we just choose the loser of that game. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> that makes it easy. <laughs> Alright, even the Giants lose ninety to nothing. Yeah, that might change it. All right. But, um, guys, hope you enjoyed this week four recap. We'll catch you for our week five preview in a few days. Uh, if you listen to us on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can tune in. And if you're subscribed to us on YouTube, toss us a like. And if you're not subscribed, then um, hit us with one of those. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in again, and we will see you guys soon. Peace.